So God has made space for your Rehoboth to come to pass. Somebody say Rehoboth. God has made room for all of us. Once again, hello, hello. This is Pastor Thomas and the Rehoboth Ministries Fireside Chat team. Excited about God once again to give him glory, honor, and praise for all of the mighty works that he has done in our lives. And every time I think about what God has done for me, we get excited about him. And he is a great God, an anointed amen life that we are empowered to live and I give him praise I give him glory and I give him honor hello listening audience this is first lady Alicia I'm so glad to be in the midst on today I thank God for just being a good God and just keeping us thus far so I'm excited about today's fireside chat so stay tuned for something great on today Good evening, good evening, radio audience. This is Evangelist Angie, and I'm also excited about tonight, ready to dive in God's Word, because we know that's what's going to keep us through our trying times and our daily lives. So get ready, get ready, get ready for the Word. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Shelley Garvin. So glad that you're tuning in with us so you can expound on this Word with us. We, we pray that you get something out of it, just like we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening. This is Missionary Savetta Garvin, and I am excited to be around the fire tonight because I know that God has something special in store for everyone that's listening, everyone that's here. So just stay tuned and get ready for something great. Awesome, awesome. We are absolutely Excited and thankful for all of those that listen, amen, to the podcast. I invite you to our services every Wednesday night at 730. And every Sunday, we have a socially distanced church service at 1030. And regardless of the social distancing, we don't have to social distance for the anointing. We can get as close to God as we want to get and it is going to be a safe place in him. So I'm excited about it. And I want you to open your Bibles, those that are with me, to a particular scripture that God, I believe, has laid on my heart. And we will use this scripture to go to the other areas in the word of God. And I wanted to show you that God has promised you a double portion in your life. And if you look with me to the book of Zechariah, the ninth chapter, verse number 12. And this one scripture here is filled with spiritual nuggets for the believer. The ninth chapter of the book of Zechariah, verse number 12. He says to us, he says, turn you to the stronghold. You prisoners of hope. I said, even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. And then in the latter parts, in the beginning of the 10th chapter, he says to them, the verse number one, ask you of the Lord, reign in the time of the latter reign, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone 
grass in the field. And if you look at this and understand this minor prophet, the prophet by the name of Zechariah in the uh, Old Testament, he is next to the book of Malachi. He's saying for them, he's given instructions by God for them. He says, turn Mm -hmm. to the stronghold. And I want you to understand the implications of this word here. He's not saying for them to turn to anything created by man, but he's saying turn to the stronghold. And the implications is, is that the thing that is impregnable, impregnable and indestructible is the stronghold given to you by God. So really what he is saying to them, he's saying, I want you to turn to God or turn through God to his name because his name as the Bible declares it, it is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and there is safety. So he's not just saying for them to turn to God, but he's turned to a safe place in God. And when you understand that there is a safe place in God, as you turn to him, he will make himself manifest to you in his name, in the strength of him, in the power of him, in the sustenance of him. And that's the significant portion that we must understand about the name of God. The name of God. The Bible says, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above all names. So just his name is higher than any other name on the earth. Mm -hmm. And the name is so great that God had given to him that it is not only a name, but it is a place that we can run into and there is safety. So Zechariah, the minor prophet is saying to the people, he said, I need you to turn to the stronghold. And this is the thing that we we often don't uh, really focus on in church. We say that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We say that he is Jehovah Nisi. We say that he is Jehovah Rapha. But do we really understand what that means? That means that in his name is whatever we need in our life. That his name is so great that it's a sustaining power within it. If you don't ever see God in the flesh, you have the sustenance, the the name that is there. He's saying, turn you prisoners of hope. Now he has a descriptive metaphor for the saints. I am imprisoned Mm -hmm. by the thing that I believe. Imprisoned by hope. How can I be imprisoned by hope? I'm imprisoned by hope or a prisoner of hope is because I believe that God is going to be made manifest in my life, but I can't see it. So my faith, it traps me in a place in God that I can't move to the left or to the right. I have to stay where I am because I'm imprisoned by hope. And the thing that's so great about being locked up in hope is that you're locked up in something that the world will never understand. Mm -hmm. The wisdom of God, as the Bible said, is foolishness with the world or with man. Mm -hmm. They think I'm crazy for believing in God. Mm -hmm. 
But guess what? I don't care what they think. Amen. I am in prison. The apostle Paul says we must make ourselves worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. And if we are believers and if we are turning to God, to his name, and we are imprisoned in hope, no one can shake what I believe in God. Because I'm locked up in hope. The Bible says that one of our statement of faith is that we believe in the blessed hope. Not only is this thing I'm in prison, but the thing that has me in prison is the same thing that blessed me. The blessed hope, which is the rapture of the church of God. I can't see it. I don't understand it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen. Nobody else has to believe it, but I believe. I know within myself what God is being made, has been made manifest in my life. So I'm going to believe until the day I die that God is who he says he is in my life. Hallelujah. He said, turn you to the stronghold. A stronghold. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a fortified place within God that no devil, no demon can breach because it is your stronghold. And I encourage every saint of God to develop a place within you that nothing can distract you or shake you or discourage you because you can go into your stronghold. Now, the thing that happened in the book of Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, the Bible says when those uh, three Confederate nations came up against Jehoshaphat, they came to a place called Engedi or Injadi, some people call it. But that was David's stronghold. And when the enemy encroaches upon your stronghold, you have to do the same thing that Jehoshaphat did. Go into the house of God. Begin to praise that God, you know, amen. I know who you are. He said, you said if I come in this place and turn towards you and lift you up and, and you would hear my prayer. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, turn, seek my face. He said, then will I what hear you from heaven. In other words, your prayer, amen, is audible down here, but God said, I hear you in heaven, amen. Skip the first, second heaven and go to the third heaven. It's because my people has to turn. And when you do all of this, he says, even today, not tomorrow, look at the scripture, verse 12, today, he says, I'm making a declaration. Do I declare that I will render double unto you. If God makes a declaration in your life, you can bet your bottom dollar that it's going to happen in your life because he said, it's not tomorrow, today, I'm reading the scripture, today do I declare that I will render Render. I'm going to provide. I'm going to give you something that you really don't deserve. I'm going to render unto you a double portion. And I thank God, amen, for this double portion, amen, anointing and spirit that God has placed upon the service and upon the members of this church, the body of Christ, because after a storm, that's when God really begins to move. And I thank God for the storm. Now let's look at this scripture here. 
the 10th chapter. Here's some more instructions for us in the 10th chapter of Zechariah, verse number one. He said, now I've given you a declaration of what I'm going to do. I'm going to render double. Now he says in the 10th chapter, verse number one, I want you to ask you of the Lord. This is a portion of your double asking rain in the time of the latter rain. Now, here it is. Let's look at the scripture. Let's dissect it. He said, ask of the Lord rain within the time of the latter rain. So he's saying, I want you to pray to me. And in the midst of a rainy season, he said, I want you to ask for more rain in the time of rain. And I want you to see that and just look at that because God, you're telling me that I'm already blessed, mm-hmm. but I want you to ask for more blessings yes. because this is a part of the manifestation of my double portion in your life. That when it should be a time that you don't ask, I want you to ask. I want you to ask. Is that, is that amazing scripture there? In the time of rain, latter rain, ask for rain. When you're already being blessed, mm-hmm. say, Lord, I need more. Mm-hmm. I need a greater anointing. This is not, this is not um, tangible things. These are spiritual. These are spiritual. Okay. So during this time of outpour of the anointing, you must place within you that's not enough. Yes. That's how you receive your overflow. It's not enough. So we need to be stretched spiritually. We need to be increased spiritually. Increased. Okay. Increased spiritually. Because the things that we encounter in this day and time is greater than the seasons of our foreparents. So we need more. The demons that we're encountering, the spiritual warfare that we're fighting, they didn't fight those no, demons. No, no, no. Why is greater? Why is greater? They didn't understand. They can't understand even the things that we encounter now. So God said for us, while it's raining, Excellent. ask me for more rain. Because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. For what's coming. That's right. See, won't I open the windows of heaven? And instead of rain, he said, I'll pour you out a blessing. That you won't have room enough to receive. But it comes by you opening your mouth, asking of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain. And when you ask God, the Bible says, so the Lord shall make bright clouds. Now, here's another contradiction. Rain usually comes from dark clouds. That's right. But God said, I'm going to give you a sign. I want you to, when it looks sunny and beautiful out day, I'm still going to rain down on the saints of God. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. I will make, the Lord shall make bright clouds and give the bright clouds showers of rain. 
It's a strange thing for us to see it raining when the sun is out. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It's beautiful, but it's strange. Yeah. Beautiful, strange thing. So it is evidence that God is fulfilling when you see things begin to happen unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. When it looks good on the outside and then another blessing comes, another miracle comes, then then you know it's God. God said, I'm going to make the bright clouds and I'm going to give them showers of rain. And to everyone that will receive the rain, the anointing, the spiritual manifestation, the Holy Spirit in our life, he said, I'll give you grass in the field. The grass is the evidence that you've accepted the rain, that the seed was there and the rain impregnated the seed and the seed grew and came forth because the rain and nothing can happen without the rain. We can plant seeds in church every Sunday but if there's no water there to anoint the word of God that seed that we planted in the fertile soils of somebody's heart will die but if there's water there from the praise team, if there's water there from the deacons, if there's water there from the pulpit those seeds have to come up and everyone will see the grass begin to grow in the field. But he's preparing us. He's preparing us. He, he said he's giving us the rain, and then he's telling us to ask for more rain to prepare us for what is coming. Mm-hmm. So even in the midst of it, we don't see it, but he see it. Yes. He see what's coming ahead and, and what we need to endure and to go through it. We need the more rain, right? We we need it. Now, I want you to understand this, and let's let's look at it very clearly. He promised us double. Yes. Now we may say, Lord, how am I going to receive my double? Yes. Because I stand on the word of God. I stand on the promise. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens with God unless you ask for it. If you ever receive or are to ever receive anything from God, it's coming by prayer. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man or woman, it availeth much. It has to be fervent, has to be effectual, and it will avail much. It will go up and it will accomplish the thing that it is to accomplish but we have to ask. And we've seen this constant theme throughout the Bible that every time God desires things from man, he wants them to ask. That if you don't open your mouth, the Bible says he knows your thoughts are far off, Psalm 139 and two. Yep, he know what you're thinking, but he wants you to open your mouth and he wants you to ask for it. And if you understand that he's saying, I want you to ask, then all you got to do is say, Lord, I need it, you know. And and when you do it, verbalize. You know, I'm not saying we want to think stuff. Verbalize it. Open your mouth and ask God. The reason many people haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost is they haven't asked for it. You got to ask. Even though you're a believer, even though you go to church, even though you do all that you know is right, you still have to say, Lord, I need it and I want it. You got to open your mouth. You cannot drink the water that Jesus promised at the well unless you open your mouth. 
Let's look at the 11th chapter of the book of St. Luke, verse number 13. Luke 13. Luke, the 11th chapter. Oh, 11. Gonna, let's, let's read from verse number 9. Jesus is speaking because it is in red. Verse 9 says, And I say unto you, ask. Who says it's Jesus? I say unto you. He's talking about the disciples. Verse number 1, he was playing praying in a certain place and his disciples said Lord teach us to pray he says in verse 9 I say unto you ask mm -hmm. and it shall be given unto you and the thing that you have to understand about asking James says you cannot ask amiss to consume it upon your own lust you can't ask for a carnal thing expecting God to make himself manifest without a spiritual destination within your life. A lot of times we ask amiss, we're asking for things that are really from your lust. But he says, I say unto you, ask in the spirit man and it shall be given. Seek, you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that, verse 10, asketh, receiveth. Now, it's not always what you want to receive, but if you ask, you're going to receive. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. So you're asking God. Not only are you asking him in prayer, but you're seeking the thing that you asked for. Ask first, seek, knock. We ask and we go to sleep. <laughs> you have to look with expectation and look with faith for God to manifest himself in your life. Because... God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. God, you hadn't did it yet. It's not in God's timetable yet. Every blessing, every promise that God fulfilled, we talked about this last night, is going to be done on time. Your purpose, your destiny, your provision never comes early. It's always on time. Uh, just look at the uh, the woman, the widow woman that took care of Elijah. Her meal barrel was low. Yes, yes. But it wasn't until there came a famine, yeah, a purpose, a purpose that he took care of her for three and a half years. Yeah. And I look, I love that story because I don't believe God filled up the meal barrel. Mm -hmm. I just believe every morning she went there in faith. <laughs> looked in the meal barrel and somehow between the time she went to sleep and she woke up there was some more cornmeal in the meal barrel God fulfilled her need every day 
So even if she went looking with expectation, he gave her what she needed to get through that day, That's every right. day for three years. Brand new mercies every day. New mercies. But that's, that's awesome. she had to seek it. She had to ask and she had to seek it. Then the Bible says, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Knock. What are you knocking on? You see how quiet he got? <laughs> <laughs> ask. Seek, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. What is open unto you? The provision and the promises of God will be made manifest in your life, and it will be open, unfolded, blessed, you will see the provision of God. You'll see the purpose come to pass. But you won't see it without asking or seeking. But you have to do all ask, seek, and knock. And it will be open unto you. And see, here he is in verse number 13, and we're done. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Give. It's a gift. We talked about this a little bit last night. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Fruit is a process. You know, I was under the misnomer as a young saved person that I'm saved now, I know how to do everything. No, it just started. Yeah. And some of us, our fruit hadn't developed and we've been saved for a long time. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but as we take from this lesson tonight, or this momentary lesson, in the book of Zechariah, he said that first we must turn unto him. And as we turn unto him, he will render double unto us. And in rendering double unto us, that's when the Bible says that ask of the Lord rain in the time of latter rain. And the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone, all of us. He says, grass in the field. And this is how God begins to restore. He restores by giving you the rain in the season of latter rain. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later on from the book of Joel, the second chapter. It says, I will restore unto you the years some of us wasted a couple of decades, two or three decades in bad situations. And I'm, some, I'm looking for my time back. <laughs> I will restore. And what restoration means really is to bring you back to a place in God. Not in you, but in him. 
the land and the position, the place that he's restoring to is your rightful relationship with God. If you can't get back to that place, it's, 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 it's something that we must seek after and constantly say, Lord, I need to go back. We sing the song. People always complain. People always say, "Why y'all sing on oh, not us?" But it's old songs on the radio and stuff. But I say, "Take me back, Lord. Amen. I want to be back where I used to be." Amen. Amen. I ain't leaving God. I'm staying right where, right there where He need me to be. Amen. But we thank God for those, and this has been another fireside chat, and it's going to get better. God has made room for you. God bless you. Good evening.